Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. First of all, thank you for being on the podcast. As I'm doing, starting this, there are tree surgeons outside cutting down trees from the city. So apologies if anybody hears that, like the the racket outside, but there's nothing I can do. Got it. Got it. Life, man. Life, Life, man, which is why I'm so happy you are on the podcast because you've had quite one already. And so have I. And I feel like you and I have so much in common. So I want to talk to you about boundaries and how to shift when things aren't going right. Wow. That, that's a big, that's a huge question (laughs) in like just a couple of phrases. Um, but I want to, I want you to be like specific with me in terms of what you, yeah. Are we start, are we starting this officially or are you? We're starting this. Wait, do you need, do you need anything? Go get a cup of coffee. What do you want to? No, no, I'm literally putting together a smoothie while we discuss. You know why? Which I I won't blend. No, no, don't please. (laughs) I normally have like, when I get people on the podcast, I'll have a conversation with them. And then we end up talking about everything I wish we would have talked to about on the podcast. So I'd rather just get started. I agree. Yeah. So I think you have had a lot of successes in your life and you've also shifted jobs. Yeah. And so, some of those de- decisions had to have been very difficult to walk yes. away from things and to start new things that were scary, that were, you know, yes. you, you weren't, you didn't know if it was going to turn out the way that you wanted. And I think there yes. are a lot of people, especially after COVID, well, I can't even say after because we're still in it, but after what's happened in our lives that want to leave something and start something new, but don't, I don't want to say have the, the, you know what, but it's scary. It's so scary. So how have you found that courage? How have you found your cojones? (laughs) Well, listen, I think, um, a lot of the times, you know, hindsight is 2020, right? But if sometimes when you don't have the cojones, <laughs> the the universe intervenes and kind of does it for you. Right. Which was my, which was what happened to me. And I think we're talking about perhaps with the break from the Food Network that I have no issues talking about. I have, I have no, like, God bless them. They gave me my career. So it's all good there. Yeah. Um, but um, my end on the kitchen is a wonderful example of that because for as grateful as I was for that experience, um, because what's not great about being on a talk show, it's a national show. It's the biggest network on the planet. Um, the three or four, I don't even remember. I think it was three and a half years, four years. I don't even know that I was on that show. I, I kept telling my very close circle, which was Philip, my, who's, who's my partner and my manager and my sister and my assistant Vivi, who I loved, like the people that were very close, I kept telling them, that I did not want to do the show, that I did not want to do the show for many reasons. The biggest one being that it took me away from my family for a week at a, uh, every month. Right. And it was, I had just had two babies. I was nursing them while trout. Like it was, I, I look back at it now and I'm like, I don't even know why I 
first of all, the people around me allowed me to put myself and our children, you know, the kids through it. And I got very little support from everywhere. Like looking back at it now, it's like, I cannot even believe what went down. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, but wait, hold on. No, it does. is. So you couldn't believe what went down because you couldn't believe that you allowed that to go on. Yeah. Well, listen, I literally, and I did this with both David and Anna. David went to New York with me eight times in one year. And I would literally put him on the plane, nurse him through the night, work a 12, sometimes 14 hour day, get back to the, cause he nursed on demand. I'm not very good at like schedules and shit. So <laughs> I would nurse this child through, I would, I would obviously fly out my nanny. I paid for everything. I paid for her hotel. I paid for everything. Um, and I would nurse this child through the night, pump th- during the day. Like, it was nuts. Right. It was nuts. Like, my body was like, what are you doing? I was always exhausted. I cried at every airport. Um, I tr- They had a stash of breast milk for me out in New York in case we were... Like, it was crazy. Right. It was crazy. It's all this shit that, re- that we try to glorify sometimes. Like, oh, my God. Like, that woman giving birth while finishing her, like, dissertation. And, but looking back at it now, I'm like, I needed, I, I did, that's not what I needed. Right. I needed, I needed three goddamn years to not have children. Right. <laughs> I mean, to not work and have children and be with my children. Right. You needed so, three years of being present and being a mom. Being present and being a mom. Right. And maybe that could have been possible if I would have gotten a little bit more support, but I don't think those conversations uh, were available for me at the moment. Um, But why do you think, by the way, if anybody's listening, trying to think if you're going crazy, those chimes are coming from Marcella's house. I hear these. Oh yes. I'm sorry. I'll move away. I'll move away. I'll move away. I'm outside. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm I'm listening to podcasts, I hear them all day. Sorry. Sometimes when I'm listening, I'm like, is that coming from my house? Is that coming from outside? No, it's my house and I'm immune to them. It's very windy here and they're, they're chiming all day long. I moved to a different part of the house. Okay. Um, Wait, go Okay, back on track. So you, you feel like you didn't have the support system to be like, Hey, wake up. Let's, this has to stop because this isn't, sustainable. How did go ahead? Yeah. I, and, and, and I can't place blame on anybody else because I didn't voice my concerns. I thought it was my job to suck it up, get on a plane, nurse all night, work all day, do the same thing over again, fly back home, get pregnant again, nurse Anna, do that thing. Like I never really said anything. So that's why I'm saying I can't shade anybody. Um, my health did deteriorate, which was visible for those around me and my attitude and my Um, there were some signs of depression, like there were things that were, that were visible to those around me, but I don't even think anybody could have stopped me even if they tried. Right. But looking back, but looking back, I'm like, never again, never again will I squash that inner voice that's telling me this is not healthy for you. Yeah. This is not healthy for your body. This is not healthy for your mind. Um, and I think but your I just, body sometimes yeah. has to, it's like, hey, wake up, dumbass. Like when yeah. when you're not paying attention, I'm in that a very similar situation now where I'm on a flight, at least four flights a week. I obviously have Olivia at the house and it's too, it's too much. But everyone on the outside, like, do you know how lucky you are? Do you know this? It's like, uh, what's more important, being happy or being yes. busy and, and but- successful, quote unquote? That's such a great thing to say because I was going to get to that, to that exact point that you just made was like, 
how was I going to be the ungrateful asshole that walked away from this job? Right. How was I going to be that person that literally has everybody wants these opportunities, this visibility, this national platform, greatest network on earth? Like, how are you going to be the asshole that walks away from this? Right. And and I can't speak specifically to what happened how the kitchen ended. But I will tell you this. I was very upset. The whole thing went down. I was really, really upset about how it went down. I'm not going to get into details. But I remember being fully like upset, super upset and calling Garina, my sister. And I was like, this happened. I'm no longer going to be on the kitchen. It's done. Blah, blah, blah. And her, the first thing she said to me, she was like, Marcella, I love you. You haven't been wanting to do this show for the last three years. This is God or the universe or some sort of divine intervention. Like, this is what you wanted, but did not have the courage to do. And that really kind of brought down the anxiety by like 10 notches, right? And I kept doing uh, pastry shows or like the cooking judging shows for the network. And eventually I did walk away from that. And that did take a lot of courage because I knew that if I walked away from that, that was going to be kind of the end. And I was okay with that. Like it was time. Yeah. So this happens a lot in people's lives where they're in a relationship, they're super miserable, and the person breaks up with them and then they're pissed. Like what? Or what you're saying is they're in a job that's miserable and they get fired and they're upset. So that anger, did where did that come from? Did it come from fear of ego? Ego. 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 It's okay. ego. It's a bruised ego. It's a hundred and fifty million percent a bruised ego. And that's and and that was a gift. And you gotta be able to step back and look at if you're able to take a lesson from those moments that feel horrible in that moment, then that's a win. Like you're doing things right. And it took me a while to realize that 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 was a punch in the stomach. And that allowed me to now, because you're, you know, we're in the same business. Like I get told no 10 times a day because I'm constantly putting stuff out there. Like that's all I do is proposals. Um, But those huge experience when you get a huge no, because it's not like they're saying no to like my enchiladas. They're saying no to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they're saying no to my, you know, (laughs) to like a painting that I made that sucks or an enchilada that was oversalted. Like th- that, that's a no to my persona. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I it's do. a big, it's a blow. And to be able to kind of come out of that and say, okay, it's fine. It's okay. We're cool. Everything else is just a goddamn piece of cake. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah. it's, it's the work that I have done before that. And since then has truly been about, relaxing into this idea that just don't hold on to things. Just let it be what it is. I'm not saying don't fight for your dreams. I'm a, I'm a fighter, you know, but, um, definitely there's, there's a much wiser, more mature part of me that has grown out of that experience that is able to say, uh, if it's a no, don't worry about it. It wasn't, it wasn't meant for you next. Yes. It's very easy for me to, um, I don't, I no longer harp on rejection. It literally is like, eh, that wasn't good for me. Next. Right. Which is a result of a lot of rejection and a lot of situations like those throughout the years. And a lot of maturity because, you know, a decade ago, it was constant tears when I was told no. And that was my dream job. And that would have been my dream opportunity. Now it's never going to happen again. And if I look back, I realize that 
thank God those things didn't happen because I wouldn't have had Olivia or I wouldn't have, you know, X, Y, and Z. But it's hard when you're in it, when you're told no, and to feel that sort of punch in the gut to be like, oh, that's okay. (laughs) It's like, "Mm." yeah, no, it's a horrible feeling. And it wasn't okay. There's like embarrassment and then things come out online and like this whole thing. And like I said, that whole experience kind of um, really brought me to the place that I am today where number one, you really can't take any of it too seriously. Like you really have to step back and be like, what is serious about life? My three kids, my partner, and that's pretty much it. That's and right. My, maybe like, you know, my sister, her girls, like immediate family. But you really, really, really just have to come to that and be like everything else. It's like it's like a play and we're all actors in it. And you just really have to kind of embrace this idea that it's not all that serious. I mean, there there were financial concerns. Right. That really made me poop my pants. I'm not going to lie. There <laughs> were definitely financial concerns. Um, but uh, I just did what I always do. I got back on the horse and yeah. found something new. And, and it was better. Yeah. So how have... And I know that you have spoken uh, about this on social media, but you definitely have a new thought way of living your life. What have you found works for you in a broad sense of like, what are your rituals of the day? Do you meditate? How do you ground yourself? Mm. Um, For me, yoga has been, and I'm not talking necessarily about the asanas, about the poses, about the physical practice of yoga. Um, But that's one of those things that I definitely would put in the category of Philip and the kids, my yoga. It's that's how important uh, that part of life is to me and how I have to prioritize uh, my practice because I tend to, I tend to be depressive. I tend to be very anxious. I tend to be, um, all of these things that a lot of us are during these processes. And in that space, even I, I don't, I don't even feel with my kids and with my family, what I feel when I'm in my practice, that is the only space on earth where I feel like I am all light and I am all power is on that mat during my practice. So that was life changing for me. Yoga has always been a part of my life for 25 years. Um, but I've never, I just enjoyed it. I'd never used, it was never like a healing modality for me until recently that I realized this is the only space where I'm not worrying about anything. I'm not good at meditating. I have tried all the ways I can't do it. Um, and I've, and I've become much better about saying no. Like, people will not understand why I will say no to a nationally televised cooking segment. And I'll be like, no, my kid has like a flamenco recital. Right. Like, very easy for me to say no. And it was, I think it was, it has to do, my sister actually is very wise. And she's like, listen, I think that you, you lived for so long in survival mode that you felt like you couldn't pass on anything. And you said yes to everything because I was a single mom Yep, and I needed, and I wanted that life for me and Fausto. I wanted him to be able to go to private school, like his cousins. I wanted us to have a decent home. I wanted us to live in a safe neighborhood. And we didn't for a while. Like I was in survival mode for so long that, like I said before, I never wanted to be the asshole that passed on an opportunity that could bring me more financial stability that could help me grow my business. So I said yes to everything. Yeah. Um, I'm the exact same way. And yeah. and it's, I call it the hustle and that I'm a go-getter. I'm so used to being yes, 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 and go, 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 that now 
I need to start setting boundaries because I can't yeah. be everything to everyone at all times. So how yeah. have you found that balance of saying no and creating boundaries in your life? I think it, I, I don't even know if there's a specific answer. I think it just, it, it was so many, I think my health was yeah. a big, big determining factor in it. I started to see myself just get sicker and sicker, like physically with my thyroid, with my inflammation, like my face, I could see, I just looked like a tired, puffy woman. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Like, well, wait, I have to tell you something. I, yeah. it's, I, I'm, I'm never talked about this on the podcast, but you know, I'm on this job where it's, I'm constantly go, go, go. And then I come home and I'm go, go, go with other jobs. And I just got all of my blood work done. And it's exactly what you just said. My thyroid is bad. My um, estrogen is super low. I'm puffy. I feel like I look different. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Like it's, it is from being having no boundaries. But my question to you is, I guess I'm only asking for me and I don't care if anyone's listening. Like, is this going to change once I start slowing down a little bit? Like, did the, all of that go away? Yeah, I, I think it has to do. And this is what I realized, right? Like in real time that because I can be super disciplined, I could do the celery juice every day. I can intermittent fast. I can do all of the things when I set my mind to something. But I realized in those years that no matter what I did, if the stress levels were high, nothing was going to work. And it didn't. And it was so frustrating because I did the celery juice. I did, uh, I kept the gluten. I did all of the things. I was doing my yoga. um, I was doing intermittent. Like I was doing all of the things because I have the discipline for those things. But my stress wasn't coming down. So none of it was helping. Right. Like I was, none of it was helping because cortisol levels, right? So I realized that, okay, if vanity's going to be like the, what pushes me here to get this done, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. You know, that's fine. But I realized that in order for all of that stuff to work and for me to be in an actual real healthy place, I just needed to start saying no. Yes. So my physical body, I think was the biggest, um, the biggest inspiration to really take a look at how many times I was leaving. It's, I always hated leaving my kids. It's very hard for me. Um, so I literally just started to create things that would have me not leave the house. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. The stuff, yeah. The stuff that I used to judge about myself, like, oh my God, you're virtually like agoraphobic. Like you need to be out there more. You need to be more social. You need to network, blah, blah, blah. Like all this stuff that I used to judge so harshly about myself. I was like, well, I'm a 40 something year old woman. That shit's not going to change. Like I am who I am. So why don't we just make that like something good instead of something bad? Right. So built my entire business literally out of my home. I love being home. If I, I mean, I love being home and it's funny. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and I was saying what an introvert I really am. And they're like, what you, you're the most outgoing and I said, yeah, but only for short spurts. Then I have to come back to my house and recharge be, and not talk yeah. to anybody. I love being yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, listen, I, 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 this is something that I also realized out there in the wild is that for those of us that are on TV, it's very easy to see which of us um, recharge with that kind of public adulation and being in front of a lot of people and touching people and having people see you and having an applause and all of that. Um, some people need that to recharge. Those are the extroverts, right? 
like for me, as grateful as I was for all of it, it was very physically draining for me. Like in events where I had to be with actual humans, I would have to come home and recover for a couple days. And it was also confusing because I was like, I can't be ungrateful. Like my, my career has awarded me this. But the reality of the situation is the way that I was built, the way that God made me, um, all of that stuff was incredibly draining and physically taxing on my body and on my psyche and on my soul. Right. So I had to train myself to, you know, do like, I would not understand why whenever I had an event or like the kitchen, we had an audience and why I would break into like a cold sweat when we had to go say hi to the audience. And I was like, Oh my God, like, it was so hard for me. Um, but I just had to kind of more than anything, just create awareness about it and be like, this is really taxing on my body. So I either need to say more, no more to these things or just give myself enough of the recovery time or create situations where I can literally work from home. And that's what I've done the last literally three years is I, like I said, I used to be so judgmental of not getting in my car for a week at a time because I can do that in my compound in Chula Vista. I do not have to get in the car for a week. Um, That sounds magical. I used to be so harsh on myself about that. Like you need to be like, I would get on Instagram and I would see all the Latinas together at an event and like posting and we have to support each other. And I believe in all that. And I do all of that, but that's all so taxing. It's, it's hard for me to do. Yes. Like, I just want to be at home with my kids, you same, know? Same. Um, How, you so, mentioned earlier that you suffer from anxiety and I do too. And I know a lot of other people listening do as well. What have you found works to sort of soften that voice or soften that pressure? Um, opening my mouth and talking about it, which is, uh, which is the hardest thing for me because I don't want to burden other people. And sometimes I, I think I feel that if I verbalize something, I make it more real. You know what I'm saying? I yes. kind of like, I'm very much of the school, ignore it and it'll go away, which mm-hmm. is not great when it comes to anxiety. Yes. But I've always been kind of a push through, you know, distract yourself, do something different. Don't talk about it. But um, when I, you know, it's like an escape valve. As soon as I communicate it to Philip or to my sister, who are my people, um, I immediately feel a huge sense of relief, especially because I'm not used to sharing and talking about it because I don't want to burden other people. Yes. Um, and also, do you think it's because we're uh, Latin? Like that was kind of, that's in our culture because I'm the same way. I feel like if I open my mouth and I share my vulnerability of the anxiety that I'm, I'm going to be labeled weak or yeah. A, yeah, a pain in the ass or yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, and, and then, you know, you're perceived to have this like perfect life, which I, and I love my, I think it's in, perfectly imperfect. Like I wouldn't change anything about it, but you kind of feel like, who am I to have any problems? Right. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have problems. Right. Um, but I feel like, um, it definitely has to do, listen, I grew up with a father who literally would say, would tell us, remind us daily. And this is how he still lives his life that you have full control. Like it's all in your mind. And you know how Latinos are like therapy, like all that stuff. It's so taboo. Like we didn't grow up with access or that conversation or anything. And nothing was really talked about. Right. Like he was military in the sense that suck it up is how you get through things and very little emotion and no tears and no emotions. And, um, 
so that's kind of how I grew up. So definitely, I think the Latin thing has a lot to do with it. I don't. My mom's way of dealing with any problems, I don't care if it was psychological or physical, was to take a shower. I don't understand what that. I still don't. I'm 45 years old. I don't understand what that meant. But if um, it was, it was always like, go, just go take a sh- hot shower. And I'm like, what? But what? I mean, like, my boyfriend just broke up with me. What? Like, but yeah, it was. Can I just, tell you something, Sabrina? I do that. I'm like your mom. You go take, take a shower. shower? <laughs> yep, I go take a shower. I go take a shower. Um, I think there's something. Uh, there's definitely something purifying about putting yourself underwater for a long period of time. But I literally don't think that's what she was going for, though. I really, I'm just going to go out was, there and was say she it wasn't. escaping. Was she kind of just getting away? I think she just wanted me to get away. <laughs> like, go, mm. go take a shower to get out of my face. <laughs> I'm no, like, I do that. I do that often. I do that. I, I can t- sometimes shower three times a day for that very reason. I de-stress in the shower. Well, that's yeah. So funny that said that about your mom. That's funny. Yeah, no, I don't know if that's what my mom... I mean, it is. You're right. It is very... That's my only... Actually, now that I say that out loud, it's my only time I'm alone really at the house with no kids is when I'm taking a shower. Yeah, I think as a mom, I think that's why it's uh, uh, it's an escape. It's a little bit of an escape. And Philip is so good about like, leave her alone. She's in the shower. Like... <laughs> He's a guard dog at the door, um, but definitely it's 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 one of the few places we get to be alone. Before we you know get off the phone, I want to t- you to tell everybody about your new cookbook. And I saw that you just did an appearance, and I'm so proud of how many people came. Your like fans are so supportive and loyal, which is yeah. amazing. I love them, and you know how I mentioned before that I got so anxious about. Um, you know, doing those meet and greets when I was in New York and I felt, and, and people just in general are, are amazing. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of the people that I was meeting with weren't necessarily, um, weren't necessarily, uh, in tune with, with who I was and what I was posting about, like in terms of my culture, my Latinidad, ser Mexicana and all of that stuff. So I felt very out of place. Like I didn't have a connecting point with, like when I was doing the food festivals in New York and all of that stuff. It was so great, but I didn't feel like I was talking to my people. Right. And I think that's why I was so anxious about it. I felt very out of place and that I was in a world that really didn't speak to me or belong to me. Like, right. that's just honest answer. Um, but then you mentioned the the book signings in the last couple of years in connecting with these people, my they're my, like family on social media. It's like, oh. It's like I found my people. It's like that book. I don't know if you have that book, the kid's book with the elephant that finds the elephant tribe that he feels so out of place and he meets all of the other animals. And <laughs> that's your, that's your tribe. Other, yeah. And then he meets all the other elephants and he's like, oh, my God, this is where I belong. Like I found my elephants. And yes. that's what happened to me in the last couple of years. And I think a lot of these women for um, maybe not the first time, because I'm not going to claim to be like the first Latina speaking to Latinas. Like, hell no, obviously not. But I think a lot of these women did find a space where they could express, you know, without shame, being half Mexican, half American, celebrating food, celebrating culture, when we're told um, a lot of times that in order to have success or happiness, we need to assimilate. And I think we created a space here where that wasn't necessary at all. And I think that's why the book signings have been so beautiful, because these uh, it, it's funny, like in the middle of you're talking about Cocinando at Cook Street. That's my latest yes. book. It's an illustrated kids book that's fully bilingual. All of their recipes and ingredients are listed in English and Spanish. And it's the foods that I cook for my family. But we're in the middle of the book signing. And Patti Rodriguez, who's the founder of Little Libros, who's my publisher, she goes, Marcela, there's I don't know how many hundreds of people out there and there are no children. Um, and it's a children's book. And she's done signings before because she authors a lot of her books. And she's like, whenever I do signings, it's just lines and lines of kids that are here with their parents. 
And I was like, Pati, because this is for them. This is for us. Like my, my connection to the community is women like myself that have yep. struggled to find a place, that have struggled to find a voice, that have struggled to feel seen and spoken to by the general media. Um, and I think that's why this book signing has, this book has been so special because I'm not only speaking to the kids, I'm like embracing the moms. So yep. it's been like the most incredible ride. Ugh. I, well, I, where's mine, by the way, I have to go get, I'll, I'll buy my, my own. Oh no, I'll send it to you. Just text <laughs> me your address and I'll send you one now. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, pre- I know you're so busy and you're juggling kids and your family life and all the things that you're working on. So I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I loved having this this conversation. That it got pretty real there for a couple minutes. That's how we do. <laughs> <laughs>